Blog Talk Radio. Monday, June the 29th, 2015, and as always, I'm your host, John Hansen, and as we do each and every Monday at this same time over the same virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk Radio Network, we bring to you Procurement Perspectives by Buyers Meeting Points, Kelly Barner, and this week she's going to share a guest audio from the Thomas Ned and ISM 30 Under 30 Supply Chain Rising Stars program. Now, at this last ISM show, they hosted a panel-style interview and discussion with some of the 2014 award recipients. And what was interesting is, is that besides asking a number of interesting questions and perspectives, they launched the entire discussion with a very, very simple query. How these rising stars ended up in supply chain. How did these young people choose to enter the procurement world? Well, without further delay, we'll find the answer to that momentarily. Here's Kelly Barner. Thank you, John. I'm pleased to be back to share a new bit of procurement guest audio and commentary. This week, our audio comes from the ThomasNet and ISM 30 Under 30 Supply Chain Rising Stars Program. They hosted a panel-style interview and discussion with some of the 2014 award recipients at this year's ISM conference. The full hour-long conversation is available on SoundCloud, and I have shared the link to it on today's Blog Talk Radio episode page. The podcast starts with each of the participating recipients and program mentors introducing themselves, and then moves on to a press conference-style question-and-answer session with some of the most recognizable names in procurement media including the Hackett Group, Manufacturing Talk Radio, and Spend Matters. The excerpt I'm going to share now starts with a question from Supply Chain Management Review's Editorial Director, Bob Treblecock, as he asks how these rising stars ended up in supply chain. The first two respondents to his question both came from finance. Let's listen. Hi, my, uh, my name is Bob Treblecock. I'm from Supply Chain Management Review Magazine. Um, I did this with, with a panel at another conference, uh, Material Handling, and it was um, engineers. And when I spoke with them, none of them went through high school or even in college, had ever even heard of supply chain, and then just sort of discovered it via happenstance. So you wonder, you know, did any of you go through school uh, determined to be supply chain, or did you fall into it? How did you discover the, the profession? Um, I guess I'll start. I fell into this. I did my... Um, undergrad degree in business administration. I did my MBA in finance and international business. I w- did my internships at Merrill Lynch, assuming I was going to go into investment um, banking, and then fell into corporate finance. Um, again, while I was in my MBA program, they had a relationship. I was in, I could not be in finance anymore and started at this point, um, I believe it was 2006. Well, I was Googling, I was trying to look for another position, corporate finance, but not, I was in healthcare initially. And at that point, I could not find anything. I started Googling anything with analysts in the title and came across CBS Corporation. So I have my, um, my phone interview. The woman asks if I know what strategic sourcing is, and I say, no. And she, I was 
embarrassed, mortified, and that wasn't the intent. The intent was to just say, you know, well, don't go in there with your finance hat on. Here is what it is. And since then, it has been, it's been a blessing. Um, long story short, so no, this, this was a happy accident, a blessing. Okay. So similar background finance, and uh, was actually working in China, in Beijing, doing foreign direct investment research. Really, really exciting. Um, but actually, it really was. And fell into PepsiCo. It was actually a financial position. And again, it was the same thing. It was just redundant. Everything, every close week, we closed the books every day, every day. But I was supporting global procurement. And I was starting to touch resins and polymers and different chemicals and, and packaging. And, and I really enjoyed the negotiation piece of it. So I, I fell into it by chance. And, and I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. And I'm not going to leave it. People say, what's the next path? And I'm like, supply chain or procurement. That's it. I enjoyed this frank panel discussion for the notions it overturns just as the much it ones it confirms. We're all bracing for the impact of the millennials. We've been told they're going to save the world with their tech savvy, their social awareness, and their laser focus on what they want professionally. We've also been told to expect that they will select procurement or supply chain as a career rather than falling into it like many of us already in the field did. Based on this conversation, I would say that this piece of the stereotype is not always true. Most of the rising stars we heard from in the podcast, although not all, ended up in procurement by some indirect path. In some cases, they chose to enter the field later in their careers and had to push to get a foothold. In other cases, they were recruited specifically for their non-procurement skills. Amy Schwantner, who works at CBS Corporation, was the woman you just heard who interviewed for a job in procurement without knowing what strategic sourcing was. And she's certainly not alone in that. As it turned out, it wasn't even a problem. The hiring team preferred to have someone with the right mindset and skills than with experience or prior working knowledge of procurement processes and techniques. In her case, it was more important not to be too financy. Nick Amaturo, who works for Hudson's Bay Company in New York, was won over by his enjoyment of learning about the materials his company needed to purchase, as well as the thrill of negotiation. My instinct about what makes these professionals so different than those of years past is how qualified they already are when they come to procurement, regardless of where they got those qualifications and in what function. It isn't always the case, but there has been a lot of dead weight in our field in the past. The authors of Leading Procurement Strategy wrote, some executives used to think of procurement as the place you send staff away in order to never see them again. And Charles Dominic and Dr. Sohila Lunny described purchasing departments as islands of misfit toys in their book, The Procurement Game Plan. The fact of the matter is, these professionals that won the 30 Under 30 program were rising stars long before anyone made it official. The trick was getting them into procurement and supply chain to be rising stars with us. Hopefully, programs such as the 30 Under 30 Rising Supply Chain Stars will be effective in raising awareness of our career and spotlighting the potential of up-and-coming leaders. There is no question that the 2014 recipients have a bright future ahead of them. As a reminder, the nomination period is now open for the next year's awards, and it is a fantastic program to be a part of. ISNAM and ThomasNet have both made significant investments of time and superstar resources of their own 
to make sure that those selected to receive the award benefit just as much as our profession does overall. Nominees must be legal residents of the United States or Canada and between the age of 18 and 30 as of December 31, 2015. You can nominate yourself or someone else. Thank you, Kelly. And, you know, one of the questions that I would be very interested in finding out the answer to is whether or not, knowing what they know now, would they still have chosen procurement as a profession? I mean, it, it's kind of interesting where, again, regardless of how your pathway enters into, uh, into the field, um, when you get in there, is it what you had expected? Were there uh, surprises? Were there disappointments? All of these elements, I mean, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, but certainly having the advantage of now being in the profession, uh, ascending the ranks of the top 30 under 30, one would have to think, well, what, uh, what would they have done differently if they had the choice to do it again? But isn't that a universal question? Anyway, thank you for another thought-provoking segment, uh, Kelly. Uh, as always, it uh, stirs about uh, some discussion. Uh, I want to remind everybody that each and every Monday we're joined by Kelly Barner from Buyer's Meeting Point here on the Blog Talk Radio Network uh, at 12 noon Eastern time. So mark that in your calendar. In the meantime, until then, have a great week. Bye for now. Bye.